Good morning, listeners, and welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, and calling in, Patrick Anderson. How are you doing this lovely Saturday morning? It's great. I'm doing awesome. Great to hear, man. That's fantastic. Uh, nice Saturday. We're getting ready for Christmas. Nice. Nice. Going well. Very nice. Yeah, it's uh, pretty relaxing around the holidays for uh, for me, um, which is nice so I can focus on our end-of-year content over here at Under the Scope. Yes. Uh, if you haven't yet, please check out our Scopey Awards podcast. That is the most recent episode prior to this one in which we honor the year's best and worst uh, in music. Um, this is our Top Songs of the Year podcast, obviously, and if you follow us on Twitter, at, at Will Brost and at Patrick Anderson, uh, we are currently in the process of counting down our Top 50 Albums of the Year, and uh, we're pretty far along the list at this point. We're almost at our Top 10, so uh, check that out if you're interested. We love end-of-year content over here, and I'm really excited to break down our favorite songs of the year uh, with you. Yeah, this is this one is always one of my favorites. Obviously, love doing the top fifty uh, albums countdown, but this one is just a blast to do. Can't go wrong with any of these picks. Really, can't go wrong. Um, there's so many picks this year. I thought I had a big list of thirty or so songs that could have made the cut, um, and there were a few. Yeah. We're going to do honorable mentions, but I could almost do an honorable, honorable mentions, uh, like a yeah. subcategory. There were so many good songs this year. Um, just some rules before we get into our list here, some housekeeping, if you will. Uh, this is the top 10 songs of 2020 podcast, but each of us will have five honorable mentions that we'll briefly run through before we start alternating our lists from number 10 to number one. Only criteria for the list is it a song that either came out in 2020 or was released on an album that came out in 2020? Mm -hmm. um, and you didn't have to do this, but I did once again limit myself to one song per artist uh, in the interest of making this podcast more interesting. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. Very nice. And it's not like it all would have been you know, the same artist anyway. It wouldn't have been a huge deal, but I decided to kind of spread the wealth a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was the same thing for me. Very nice. All right. It well, would be hilarious if one time, though, it's like we did one <laughs> we did one song per artist, but it's all like it's all like the same artist, but like featured on different tracks. <laughs> from <other laughs> that reminded me, by the way, um, we will have... As always, a playlist, a Spotify playlist and an Apple Music playlist of our songs of the year for you to enjoy. I'll attach it to the tweet that uh, comes with this podcast on at Will Brost on Twitter. Um, so in theory, this will be a 30-song playlist. Uh, once you take out mm -hmm. songs that are not on streaming services and once you take out the song that... <laughs> will always end up on both of our lists. There's always a song or two that uh, ends up on both of our lists somehow. Yeah, um, we have yet we have yet to get a, a full 30. I think last year we got to like 29, didn't we? Yep. We had one song that was... <laughs> Shout out to Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Ghost Team. Yeah. Uh, great song, what can Fantastic we say? Fantastic song, though. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Um, so yeah, enjoy the playlist, enjoy the podcast, and let's go ahead and get into it with our honorable mentions. Uh, we'll just run down our number 15 through number 11. Uh, did you want to go first or want me to go first on this? Um, you take it first. Absolutely. Let's do it. Um, okay. My number 15 and you didn't have to rank your honorable mentions, but I went ahead and did. Um, okay. My number 15, I have Heim with Don't Wanna. Uh, classic Heim, super catchy, poppy, fun to sing along with, uh, great melody, perfect chorus. It's just an ideal Heim song. Number 14, Fleet Foxes, I'm Not My Season. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the quieter Fleet Foxes songs in their discography, but it's just an absolutely beautiful folk song with light acoustic guitars and a Robin Pecknold vocal performance that reminds me of James Taylor. Uh, number 13, TK Maidza, Awake, featuring JPEG Mafia. A raw, aggressive, bass-heavy hip-hop song with uh, two rappers that are absolutely rapping their asses off. Love the energy of this track. Gets me hyped every single time. Uh, number 12, Spanish Love Songs with Losers. A uh, cathartic, emo, pop-punk song with passionate performances. Uh, really anthemic chorus on this one as well. Would love yeah. to hear it in the live setting. Um Number 11, to wrap up my honorable mentions, Soccer Mommy with Bloodstream. Just a really pleasant mm. song that is solid at its core. Uh, love the guitars, the vocals, and especially the piano bit. Um, just super well executed. So those are my honorable Grace. mentions. Love that. Those are those are great picks. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I didn't order mine, but like I'll just read them off um, how, I, how I have them. Um, in here. So the first one I have is goes to Touche Amore mm. with Lament, the title track from their album Lament. Super, super engaging, energetic, cathartic track. Um, it deals with a lot of depression and themes of love and longing. Um, really emotional. Um, love the instrumentation on this. Love the vocal performance. Awesome stuff. Um, Laura Marling held down. Uh, just like gorgeous vocal interpolations on this one. I love, uh, I'm typically not like acapella fan by any means at all, but the way that she interpolates it, um, and stacks her vocals is just fantastic. Love the lyrical work on this, um, awesome structure to this track. Uh, tones with the spell of mathematics. Hmm. Um, I love the com- complexity of the instrumentation on here. I love the vocal delivery from Chino Moreno. Um, I think that it's just an awesome culmination of everything that Deftones does so well. Um, a lot of gorgeous synthesizer moments, too. It's just a super cool track. Um, then we got Fiona Apple with Cosmonauts. Mm. Um, this one, this one probably had the biggest argument for one of my top ten, but um, it didn't quite make it. But love the build up to the chorus on this one. The vocal performance from Fiona Apple is just amazing. Um, the lyrical work is like, I mean, I don't even need to talk about how fantastic the lyrics are on this song either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, love this track. And then the last honorable mention is Clipping with '96 Nev Campbell. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I love how odd this track is. Love the blatant horror movie references. Uh, I love the interpolated sample of this of the banging on the door and David's flow and delivery and just 
terrifying lyrical work and uh, the concept behind the track and everything. Awesome. So great shout picks. Out to the honorable mentions. Yeah. Absolutely great picks. And um, no repeats so far. So we're off to a, a good start, but uh, we'll see how yeah. long that lasts. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, with our honorable mentions out of the way, let's get into the titular attraction. The top 10 songs of 2020 yes. uh, will be alternating picks at this point. So um, I'll go ahead and kick us off with my number 10. Gospel for a New Century by Eve Toomer. Um, yes. Yeah. So much of this new album, uh, Heaven to a Tortured Mind, has been drawing comparisons to Prince, and rightfully so. Much of this album does remind me of Prince. But this song specifically reminds me of a band that I loved, especially in high school, called TV on the Radio. Um, there's a lot to like about this song. Uh, I knew I would love this song from the very first few seconds, where it has this sort of brass loop that abruptly skips half of a beat. I, I kind of thought maybe the the record was skipping, but of course I was listening to it on a streaming service, so... Knew that couldn't have been it. It just had to be yeah. one of those Eve Toomer <laughs> flourishes. Um, so I loved that immediately. Uh, there's a great bass line on this track as well. Uh, the instrumental is just wonderful. Eve Toomer's vocals are... Um, <laughs> they're oddly melodic and catchy. Uh, the chorus yeah. is really memorable. It's super fun. Um you, I, I like Eve Toomer's music you know, for a lot of reasons, but one thing I keep coming back to is that um, they make this like one-of-a-kind experimental music that is also surprisingly accessible and immediate. It's like uh, yeah. Meriwether Post Pavilion, I guess, is a record that comes to mind that has that similar quality. Um so yeah, gospel for a new century. It's uh, it's freaky and it's bold, but it doesn't forget to be enjoyable as well. So shout out to Eve Toomer. That's that's awesome. I love that you. Uh, I love how much you've come to really love that project too. I've been yeah. I believe I gave it an eight when we first talked about it. Yeah, and then I was kind of down on it halfway through the year, and then I, I don't know. Later in the year, it just kind of clicked back for me again, and it's because of the strength of some of the best songs on the record and most notably gospel yeah. for a new century. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. All right. You're number 10. All right. My number 10 is from an artist that I talked about, uh, a, a bit. I definitely shouted her out at the beginning of the year and, uh, happy to give her props on this, uh, Katie Gately mm. with bracer. Um, this is like definitely the standout track from that her album Loom um, that came out this year, and it deals with uh, a lot of themes of grief and dealing specifically dealing with her mother's real passing in 2018. Um, and the album itself kind of basically centers around this track. It's a, a 10 plus minute track that has like an insane amount of complexity to it instrumentally and vocally and lyrically. Um, the, the themes switch up really dramatically at different points throughout the, uh, throughout the track. 
it's so well structured though and the dynamic shifts and tone are just like so precise they're really chilling and haunting and you can kind of watch the track morphing in and out of itself um in a very satisfying but kind of unsettling way um yeah the track is it it can be like at times like very sinister and kind of unsettling um and then it can be really heartbreaking and then just straight up beautiful at points um the vocal performance from katie gately is uh, is really great there's a lot of like measured precision to it but it's also very heartfelt and emotional in the lyric work um with her talking about the passing of her mother is um and like just the mental and emotional toll that that has taken on her is really affecting and uh hard to listen to but is also just it, you can you can feel the emotional release from the track and uh yeah i love it i think it's one of the more one of the more interesting uh sounding tracks i've heard this year and uh emotionally very very strong so um yeah that's uh i love it it's great and it's definitely the one from the album that like um, if if you hear from you know people that have liked the Katie Gately album, this is this is definitely the one, but for good reason. Great pick, and yeah, I agree. This is the the standout um, good album, but this is yeah the uh, the standout track on that uh, for sure. Yeah, I think she literally uh, made the album around this. Like she made this track um, as a kind of in memory of her mother's passing, and then from this she decides to make the entire album so it makes sense why it's the standout track very very nice um yeah okay all right my uh my number nine is moses sumney with viral um nice yeah his so gray uh his new album has a lot of wonderful songs on it and i could have picked a bunch of different songs uh maybe you have a song that's coming up i'm not sure we both really like this album but uh, this is the track I kept returning to most. It's powerful. It's aggressive. I really like the dramatic piano in the instrumental. His vocals are all over the place in a great way. Um, I liked your tweet recently that said Moses Sumney is the final boss of singing in the car, <laughs> which is it's impossible. It's it's especially this song. He's just like ah! like it, he gets super high. Um, but yeah, this song is a perfect example of that. Uh, it's also the most stereotypically, traditionally macho, masculine song on the entire record, which is intentional. Uh, Viral is a song about how society has defined masculinity and how that definition shapes our entire lives and our personalities. Um, it's a great song topic that belongs on this album uh which is frequently about the gray areas the you know the multiplicity it's not about being confined to one category or box you know it's sort of changing the definition of how we can identify ourselves and uh, this song sort of decries the traditional aspect of what it means to be a man so um you know we are dynamic we're complex we're multiple uh, and this song reflects that the, uh, the sonics that are kind of all over the place reflects that. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Moses Sumney. This is a great song. 
Yeah, the awesome pick. I like that breakdown of it too. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. Great song. Yeah. All right. My number nine um, is nothing. That's you got to pick something. No. Just... <laughs> <laughs> the band of nothing with Say Less. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard this album or not. I even heard um, of this group for that matter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So nothing is a dark shoegaze um, indie bordering on slightly emo rock kind of uh uh yeah style band i would i would mostly put them in the shoegaze world though there's a lot of elements of my bloody valentine Mm. um that really seep in but also a lot of kind of really haunting dark uh ethereal elements like uh something from like the cures more like disintegration type um Mm. aesthetics or something like that uh, love the album. We'll see. Uh, we'll see later on how how things go with the album with my top fifty list. Maybe. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but this song is uh, the standout track for me from it. There's a lot of great tracks from it, but this one's awesome. Um, oh, <laughs> I didn't say the name of it. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the, the band Nothing with Say Less. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, um. So yeah, this this song has a really dark and moody atmosphere. Um, I love that. And the chorus is really catchy and aesthetically pleasing. Um, I love like the structuring of this track because it has this like gothic shoegaze element to it, where you feel like you're watching. You feel like you're listening to them, like fill up this like really dark, uh, ill lit church with these like super modern sounding um, sort of emo tinge shoegaze vibes. Um, it's very anthemic in a way too. It like just rises and falls with like really with, with a lot of ease and the vocals sit back in the mix in a way that just highlights the instrumentation so well. Um, this is, you know, a classic element of shoegaze that is, you know, loved and i love it too but it can be hard to do um and i think that the way nothing to do it and especially on this track is super satisfying it doesn't the vocals aren't lacking in at all they're not overtaken by the instrumentation in a way that's frustrating you can decipher the lyrics for the most part you can sing along to the chorus um the the vocals aren't so distorted that you know you're you're like singing along but not really singing along it's a very anthemic engaging cathartic track in a way but it also has this element of just deep moodiness and uh heads down hands in the pockets kind of like Hmm. just vibing along to something that sounds amazing but you don't really want to show it kind of kind of style (laughs) to it um, yeah, really gratifying. It connected with me immediately. Um, lo- the lyrics are fascinating. Like you can kind of decipher them. It takes a little bit of work. You definitely got to go on genius. They're fascinating. Um, kind of dealing with a lot of these themes of people not really changing, um, trying to trying to break through into being a better person, but still not being able to move past themselves. Um, it's a little bit overly poetic in some ways but i think that like in 
it fits the style of the track um, by kind of really committing to that too. Um, yeah, the percussion on this is just super solid instrumentally. Like I said, just awesome. Um, yeah, one of the best. Uh, one of the best mixed, I think, tracks that I've heard this year. So, awesome work from Nothing. Yeah, um, an I, awesome I, band name. I love. I love that band name. I thought we were cool, man. Like uh, you have great shoegaze that you're just keeping to yourself. Like what the heck? I like where was where was this recommendation? Um, so yeah, that's my yeah. bad, guys. All right, <laughs> nice, nice pick. I had, anyway. have, I had to have something that I could just break out and be like, apparently, you know. apparently so. Yeah. So all right, my my next one's <laughs> now we're not even going to be able to get through this. <laughs> um. My next one's super quick. There isn't a ton to say about it. Um, it's Mars, the God of War by the Beths. Uh, this song is just a great reminder that power pop is one of my favorite genres. Um, Mars, the God of War has like everything you want in a power pop song. It has these like energetic guitars, a, a quick solo, uh, summertime, sunny atmosphere, a great melody, good chorus, fun backing vocals. It's just, it's ear candy. Um, the song is about the vocalist, uh, Liz Stokes, um, going through a fight over text and comparing that to a battleground, uh, which I thought was a pretty amusing analogy, but mostly I give this song props for being my go-to song all summer. I usually have like a song or album that becomes like a summer album and uh, jump rope Ga yeah. gazers was that album for me this year. It's a fantastic summer record. So not much more to say, just a super fun song that I think is likely to have a high approval rating. It's it's super safe, but man, it's just a good time. So shout out to the Beths. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. I was wondering I was wondering how that would because I know that you were kind of loving it in some ways. Um, yeah. Like it's yeah. it's one of those I love the album. I love a bunch of songs on the album. Uh we might see it later on my album of the year list who's mm -hmm. to say but yeah, okay. there just isn't a a ton to say about it is the thing um it's just super good at what it does but uh doesn't reinvent the wheel at all per se so yeah yeah that's just how it goes sometimes but that makes for some great summer uh summer tracks though too exactly yeah easy to get into for sure so all right all right well mine is not really very summery my number um although i did listen to it in the summer this was actually one of my most listened to songs this year um hence it being number eight uh midwife with swim yes okay yeah love this midwife album i think that it's been uh, has not been getting nearly the recognition that it deserves um there's a so this album thematically deals and centers around uh grief and loss for the most part um this out uh, this song swim is the most prominent representation of the theme uh, madeline johnson is the artist behind midwife and she kind of uses this album and this song to write a deal with her grief and on on swim write basically a love letter to her late friend um colin ward who she who was a collaborator with her and um passed away um 
the guitars on this are super buzzy and really like just hauntingly gorgeous. Um, she uses the lyric work to paint this picture of depression and tragedy and empathizing in on some level with uh, just wanting to accept the reality of your mortality um, and get it over with in some ways. Um, and that sounds really bleak, but there's a there's a lot of like uh, very emotional connect a, a big emotional connection to this to the lyrics on this um, in a way that's like it doesn't it's not de- it's not depressing actually it's very life affirming in a weird way because um, it's facing up to this really tragic reality, but with the instrumentation being as like buzzy and strangely gorgeous as it is it really helps it feels kind of like a a hug from somebody that understands what um you're going through if you deal with themes or with these thoughts of you know mortality and depression and things like that um so yeah she she coined the term heaven metal to uh describe her sound and i think that's a brilliant way to represent what this song is, what the album is, um, yeah, I, I, it's just an, it's such a great track. It, instrumentally, it just moves along so fluidly, and I love how how the vocals sit back and they're just they are mixed in with the buzzy, distorted guitars in a way that just kind of everything blends together in a really satisfying way. Kind of makes it almost ambient in some ways. So, um, yeah. Very tragic track, but there's definitely a real hopeful quality to it. So I uh, I love it. I think it's great. Nice, and uh, yeah, a bit different than the uh, the Beths, but um, pretty pretty yeah. good nonetheless. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. All right, my number seventeen or seventeen. Wow, this is <laughs> going to be right. a long We're podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, my number seven. We're going there. It, yeah, right. We're just jumping all over the place. Um, we have a repeat artist, not a repeat song, but a repeat artist. Oh, okay. um, an artist that like deserves to be repeated. Uh, Fiona Apple, again. Um, yes. Shamika okay. is uh, the song I chose. Uh, this is just nice. one great song with a great song topic uh, on Fetch the Bolt Cutters, which is an album full of great songs and great song topics. Uh, each song on here describes what it's like to be Fiona Apple, and what it's like to be a woman in general, uh, with plenty of nuance and detail and description. Shamika is about a girl named Shamika that Fiona Apple met in school. Uh, Fiona Apple was getting bullied uh, and mistreated by some of her schoolmates. Uh, Shamika told her that, you know, she had potential and that she doesn't need to settle for bad friendships or bad relationships which is a bit of advice that sets the tone for the rest of the record. Uh, it's a track. I think it's track two on the record. So you kind of have this idea of uh, situations that have impacted Fiona Apple from such an early age. Um, I like the lyric on this song. It goes like something like uh, Shamika wasn't gentle. She wasn't my friend, but she got through to me and I'll, I'll never see her again, which I think is a, a nice sentimental reminder that, Sometimes people with a small role in your life can end up leaving a huge impact. Um, 
I mean, I could have picked a bunch of great songs with great messages on here, but uh, this song is also one of my favorites sonically on uh, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. The piano riff is awesome. I love the uh, the dun 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 uh, during the chorus. I think that's great. Uh, Fiona Apple's vocals sound raw and sometimes uh, peculiar and strange. She does this odd humming on this song that adds a bit of chaos to the song. Uh, the percussion, which is fantastic all across the album, a huge takeaway for me. Uh, it's especially awesome here. There's a couple of jazzy, drum-centric moments on this song that really stand out. So, yeah, just an amazing song. And once again, I yeah. could have picked like one of five different Fiona Apple songs to represent, but uh, this was the one for me. So shout out to Fiona Apple. Yeah, that one was kind of like a close your eyes and pick kind of situation. I really, yeah, I could have picked like anything and it would have made sense and I could have talked about it and justified it. But uh, that's the one I kept yeah. listening to, I guess. Maybe the most accessible song on the uh, on the album. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah, 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 I, I could see that. That's, yeah, great pick though. I yeah. Like that. Great All stuff. right, well, mine is also a repeat artist. Ooh. And it's actually a repeat track. Really? You liked Heim that much? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, who would have thought? But as the year went on. <laughs> Interesting, though. Okay, what do we got? Yeah, it was. it is uh, Moses Sumney with Vero. Really? Wow. Okay. I didn't, I didn't yeah. expect that song, but okay, go for it. Yeah, I mean, it's just like... <laughs> Yeah, that this was another thing too, where uh, another album where there was a lot of uh, just kind of close your eyes and pick because there's so many good tracks on this on this album, but I think that this one just encapsulates the themes, um, and yeah, the themes, the ideas, the sound so perfectly, um, and I think that it's probably the most engaging and cathartic in some ways of all the tracks and i just found myself going back to this track more often than um any of the others that i really loved but yeah i mean you said it the vocal performance from moses <laughs> sumney is just bananas yeah. when i made that tweet about about <laughs> moses sumney being the final boss i was this i was listening to this song yeah. so that was that was the <laughs> that was the inspiration behind it so very nice. um yeah his range is just fully explored he's just all over the place um one thing i really like about his vocal delivery too is like like you said he's he's discussing these themes of you know of challenging traditional masculinity amongst like this aesthetic of hyper masculinity um and kind of just this super like he's got these like brutish like super rock and roll kind of backing tracks to him. Um, but then also these really bright, plucky, lavish guitar, uh, guitars and strings that um, kind of like tamper down the overly aggressive aesthetic. One thing I love about his vocal performance in conjunction with this too is how well he, or how good he is at driving home like when the when it needs to be this super tender moment, he's so mm. good at like mm -hmm. adjusting to like this soft, tender, um, but still really powerful um, delivery. And then when it when he's when he need the guitars and the drums come in, 
and he needs to be like like just really going at it aggressively like his vocal delivery is powerful and energizing um it's awesome i i I think that this is just one of the most uh it's such a great song thematically but it's also one of the most just entertaining and engaging tracks um and i think that this was a theme for me this year too um since we weren't able to go see live shows at any point really this year some of my uh some of my picking of these tracks was like what would i love to see live mm. from these artists mm-hmm. um and uh and uh, and this was this was one that i was like man this would sound so cool just watching Moses Sumney just snap and do this track so um yeah love this track yeah i mean one of my favorite voices in music right now um, yeah so shout out to Moses Sumney for winning this year's uh, Ghost Teen Nick Cave Award. Yes. Uh, somehow made both of our well, lists, even though both of us were like, well, we could have picked any Moses Sumney song, but here we are. Uh, this is the Under the Scope podcast. <laughs> That's how we do it. It's, in- it's really we, incredible. For the record, we have not talked about this at all. Like We haven't nope. like shown our picks to each other or anything. So this this is really just how the, it goes. Yeah, this is live reaction. I mean, I I shared my list with no one. I mean, this is just how it goes. So I we are never gonna get a thirty track. It, it's, it's incredible. This is gonna be another twenty niner. Um, but okay, here we go. My numbers. Well, we still got most of the list to go too. <laughs> right. Oh gosh. Um, okay, my number six, uh, Rap Ferreira with Cycles. Um, oh, nice. Rap Ferreira, uh, formerly known as Milo, is one of my favorite rappers. Longtime listeners and longtime friends know that. Uh, his brand of philosophical, self-reflective poetry is uh, its always interesting to me. Um, this was kind of a COVID pick in a way. I mean, I loved this anyway, but uh, you know, during this time of extended quarantining and social distancing... Uh, most of us have spent a lot of time by ourselves, uh, really ever since the album P- Purple Moonlight Pages dropped back in March. And if you're like me, you've spent a lot of this time like reflecting on yourself and your qualities and your, your life, your situation. Um, and this track, Cycles, uh, as well as much of the rest of the album, shows Rap Ferreira exploring himself uh, as well. Um some of the lyrics are hard to decipher. Expectedly, this is a, a Rap Ferreira song. But a couple of lyrics here stand out to me. Um, I like he says, uh, things go backwards, the wrong people get placards, as a way to discount the idea that good things happen to good people and instead promotes the idea that your struggles are not a result of how bad you are. Uh, other people's successes are not because of how good they are. Um, so he suggests that it's illogical to compare yourself to others in that regard. Instead, he has a very optimistic view on self-worth. He encourages the listener to know their self-worth and bet on themselves. Uh, it's a nice sentiment, I think, to be reminded of during this time. And there are plenty of lyrics on here that similarly make you take a step back and and think about it you know for a few minutes uh that that's what i love about his music is you can pull out like any one line and have a dialogue about it um yeah 
instrumentally the uh, the Jefferson Park Boys uh, featuring Kenny Siegel, aka the most underrated hip hop producer right now, always comes with the heat. Um, they provide this really beautiful, droopy, layered, spacey instrumental that adds a ton to the type of song that Rap Freira is going for. Um, this is just a really serene and refreshing approach to hip hop music. So shout out to Rap Ferreira. Nice, yeah, I love, yeah. I like that, and I I love that uh, that perspective about um, the self worth and stuff too. Like he's got such a good way of like talking about these uh, themes that are not unfamiliar, but doing it in a way that's totally unique. That's a great that a great way to put it. He's he's kind of like Billy Woods in Open Mike Eagle, where you know they they speak a lot of truth, but only in ways that they can. So um, yeah, that's that's great nice. stuff. All right, your number six. Great pick. Is this is this yeah, where my, Heim comes up? My, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> my number six is um, the actually. I mean, it, it's a bit of a spoiler alert here. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything about the other albums but this is the uh only song from an album that did not make my top 50 oh list. interesting okay i have one like this too yeah i have a couple like this actually. yeah yeah it's a bit of a spoiler for some of the tracks that i mentioned before and the ones that i'm going to mention but i'm not going to say like obviously where those other ones have ranked or will rank um but yeah sufjan stevens Ooh. with the ascension nice this song is so good that it almost made me put this album on my top 50 list um the only reason i couldn't is just because like how much uh, how bloated a lot of the other tracks kind of make the album feel and like i said when we talked about it i'm not like honestly totally bashing this album i like a lot of elements to it and i love a lot of elements like this song but uh it's a big album and there's a lot of ideas and some of them do not work very well <laughs> um that being said this song is so good um i think it's one of sufyan's uh, most distinct tracks um, which i love that mm -hmm. because it's like i mean he has so many that are so unique um, but it's also just like such an emotional and uh, beautiful track too. It's like it's one of his most, I think, committed to this beautiful, heartbreaking aesthetic that I've heard him ever do. Instrumentation is just gorgeous. I love how sharp and reverb heavy the uh, piano and synthesizer and strings are, and how Sufjan's voice is interpolated like behind him um throughout the track i think that the way that his voice is kind of washed out too is really interesting and i think it connects the best with this track um on the album i think if this was how the rest of the album sounded it would like maybe be my album of the year because it's so good <laughs> um but yeah, I think that this track it just showcases like it's just an unfortunate and beautiful indication of an idea that wasn't fleshed out enough. Um, but I, this one is just something that I am really profoundly affected by the 
lyrics are really existential. Um, it feels like Sufjan speaking directly to the listener, and he's like speaking openly and honestly about his own naivety in the past, his lack of self-reflection, his sense of grandeur, like his delusional sense of grandeur. Um, yeah, it's such a really powerful and relatable theme. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that he just nailed it on this track. And I really wish we would have seen a little bit more of that through the, through the Ascension. But, um, I mean, this is, this is so good. I love this track. Yeah, I remember you saying during our review something to the extent of, well, this is like a song of the year candidate. So I, I expected this mm -hmm. to make your list somewhere. Um, I mean, my thoughts on the album as a whole are pretty well known by the two of us at this yeah. point. But, um, but yeah, but a good pick regardless. I, I, I do like Sufjan. I am a fan. So, all right, we're yeah. in the top five now, Patrick. Um, yep. Your last pick was kind of this like epic, grand song um my past couple of songs have been you know these sort of emotionally impactful mentally impactful songs that have made me sit back and think a little bit and uh mm -hmm. my number five kind of continues that vein we've got going right now that trend um dragon ball durag uh oh my god by, yes by, i was hoping <laughs> by thundercat um so, okay, no, this isn't a joke bit, obviously. Like, this song is none of those things. This is just a, a super... <laughs> I mean, I, this is classic, essential Thundercat. Um, it, it's a perfect encapsulation of what his music sounds like and why his music is so enjoyable. Um, as expected, there are great bass lines on this song. Very signature Thundercat bass style. And it sounds funky as hell. Uh, his falsetto vocals here are catchy. They're fun to sing along with. It really does sound fantastic, but um, the content and the humor on this song elevate mm -hmm. it to uh, Song of the Year territory for me. It's <laughs> it's a song about flexing and trying to impress a woman, but, but in a way that's not conventionally charming. Um, I may be covered in cat hair, but I still smell good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a smash in my do rag because it's only right. <laughs> uh, I'll keep on all my it's chains when ridiculous. I make love to you. It's just this song is just so funny to me. It's hilarious. It's uh, and it's Thundercat humor. It's classic Thundercat. Um, I love the harmonies when he sings the word do rag, which is <laughs> I yeah. find it so funny. But it's also it sounds good. It's enjoyable. Um, I, I like the saxophone uh, work from Kamasi Washington uh, as well. So great song, just a super fun time. Um, I didn't factor music videos into this, but God damn, it's, it's so funny. <laughs> it's such a good video. Um, it makes the track so much better. It's, too. It is. It is hilarious. Oh my God. So yeah, shout out to shout out to Thundercat. Um, another example, kind of like the Eve tumor of, a record that made my top 50, um, but mostly because of the strength of his, of its best songs. Uh, you know, I mean, Dragon Ball Durag is just phenomenal. And if it weren't for Them Changes, which is one of the best funk songs of all time at this point, mm. uh, this might be the best Thundercat song. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, nice. Yeah, that that I think that is like my already my favorite pick that didn't make my list. <laughs> yeah, it just, I had to put it on here. It's so great. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. That's, All right. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, um, I'm glad that I'm glad that one of us decided to put that on. Yes. Um, okay. Well, good good call out to uh, <laughs> be kind of having these um, really epic kind of mm. grand gestures in the past few songs that I've had because um, this one kind of continues that theme also. Nice. Okay. So we got a, we got a three That's three right. song streak. That's right. <laughs> uh, this is Perfume Genius. Yes. With on the floor, awesome, yeah, okay. yeah. Oh my god, great it, pick. It's yeah. This one is just the, this is another one that like there's so many great tracks on this album. Um, a lot of really emotionally deep and instrumentally just amazing um, tracks that I could have picked from. But I just find myself going back to this one. It's such a strange track in ways mm -hmm. and such a just beautiful and cathartic and emotional track um the groove on this track is just yeah. amazing too it's such a danceable but lonely isolating kind of feeling track it's just like it connects with me on such a such a deep but um also like very outward outward uh way because of how like grand and poppy it sounds in some ways um and i love uh mark hadrius's really subtle and de intense delivery like when he's uh delivering the line across out out his, his name, name on, on the, the page. page yeah <laughs> it's so good and like the percussion emphasizes each word in the statement so good um it's such a great yeah it it's so so awesome and this again fits the theme of uh my thought process of like oh what would be amazing to see live and mm. if i could see perfume genius perform this oh like my God. damn it would be so so awesome um and I, lo I love the themes in this song too of this like emotional withdrawal mark Andrews is is looking at uh this sense of longing and categorizing it at times as an addiction for affection um even like even saying at times basically that there's physical symptoms like shaking of um, of an addict um, mm. where he's really pining after after this guy's love after the, after his affection um, it's it's a very powerful and vivid uh, image and I and I love the use of that I think that it fits within the theme of the track too of just being this really like intense uh intensely emotional track like both in a really awesome cathartic way and in a really like hard isolated um lonely way too so this track really kind of blends together a lot of bittersweet feelings and uh yeah it just makes me feel so great after after listening to it i feel like i've had a, a burst of energy so um Shout out to Perfume Genius. Yeah. I think this year for me was the year that Perfume Genius really, really clicked. Such a good record. And so, I mean, a great song. I did not expect that. So that's, I love that pick. That's just, that's great. Um, nice yeah. work. Uh, all right. My number four, also a pop song. 
Um, I think, you know, we've talked a lot on this podcast uh, about, you know, uh, we love these albums. You know, we love Fetch the Bolt Cutters and Gray, and we could have picked, like, any song and put it on here. This, I think, was, for me, the biggest example of that. I, I had a hard time. I knew this album was going to have representation on this list somewhere, um, but I, it took me a long time to figure out which song I wanted to talk about. Uh, so ultimately, I decided on Tokyo Love Hotel by uh, Rina Sawayama. Um, nice, okay. Yeah, so this is a, it's a wonderful pop song that can be interpreted as a traditional love song. Uh, the chorus that she sings, I just want your love all to myself. Um, but it's really a song about Tokyo itself. Uh, Rina Sawayama is a Japanese singer-songwriter uh, currently based in the UK, and her heritage means a lot to her. Uh, she discusses it on a few songs on her self-titled record. Uh, this is a song about Tourists and non-Japanese people sort of abusing Japan and appropriating its culture uh, to her, in her opinion at least. Uh, they do not respect her heritage. Um, one of the lyrics on here is, like, your fascination's my world. Like, yeah, you love, you think you love this sort of aesthetic or whatever, but this is, like, who I am. Um, she She's explained in an interview that while she feels attached to her Japanese roots, she also feels like an outsider in Japan. Um, just, you know, partially based on being in the UK at this point and how her life has uh, kind of drifted from her, uh, from her heritage a little bit. So she has complicated feelings about her home. And uh, I really liked this, uh, this concept a lot. I, I've thought about, yeah. about it throughout the year. Um, but musically, this is another brilliant pop song on an album chock full of them. Uh, Clarence Clarity provides this like fun, catchy, and nostalgic pop instrumental, which is a, a theme for the record as a whole. And Rena provides, you, you know, the, the like ideal pop vocals. Uh, I love the chorus on this song uh, when she sings Tokyo. Like that's that's a sending meme to me. Like that's just. <laughs> wonderful <laughs> um so yeah like i i could have picked chosen family or excess or bad friend or paradise mm -hmm. and or really just anything like uh with the exception of like a couple songs maybe but ultimately tokyo love hotel was my pick so uh shout out to rena sayama that's awesome i was i figured that you would be picking at least one track from her yeah had um, to I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I was curious i was curious to see which one that you picked yeah, it, and by the like that could change a month from now, you know. Like that's right. how this record has been to me much of this year. It's just oh, I'm yeah. really feeling this song. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my number four. So we're breaking the streak. We're we're mm. we're going off of the super epic kind of poppy ish uh, anthemic stuff, but we're going into. Um, one that is nonetheless really interesting, really haunting, really fascinating. Um, and it's from one of my favorite artists this year, Backwash. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So I had to pick, uh, I had to pick through a, lot, a bunch of tracks on her album too, because there's so many, you know, great songs, so many great, um, sample interpolations and, great verses and stuff but 
I ultimately decided to go with the one that is also on streaming services. <laughs> okay, I was about to ask um, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I realized that that could have been an issue for our, not only for our playlist, but just in general. Um, and it, this is an amazing track uh, also. So it, it ended up you know, being one of my favorites anyway. So, But Spells, yeah. Backwash with Spells is the song. Uh, yeah the instrumentation on this track is just absolutely amazing it's so unique it's so um just energetic and dynamic um i love how like thick and heavy the drums are on here um the vocal samples are just really haunting and and uh energizing too and uh debbie mccallion from black dresses chorus is so cool mm-hmm. and fascinating and um her style it just fits so well uh with backwash's production um yeah the the aesthetic of everything is just it comes together so well and it's so unique um it's very subtle it's but it definitely hangs over the track in a way that like um you can't you can't get around it it's it's the clear standout part of the track so I, I love how much she does with uh so little basically because this is also a pretty short track it's it's mm-hmm. about two and a half minutes long i think um just one verse from backwash it's a long-ish verse um and it kind of switches up halfway through but just one verse and then the rest of it is debbie mccallion just having an awesome chorus <laughs> like yeah. you know it, which, which is great. I love that. Um, the verse from Backwash has just such conviction and passion um, in her delivery and flow. Uh, I love the way that she switches up halfway through and gets a lot more aggressive. Um, the the way that she kind of like chops with the drums uh, is like really, really cool. Really, it, like it, it switches it up and it makes a two and a half minutes feel like bigger than they really are um and the lyrics like fit the theme fit a theme of the rest of the album of discussing depression and these isolating thoughts um and backwash just does such a great job of voicing depression and connecting with the listener without being overbearing and like hitting you over the head mm-hmm. um with either like obvious themes or um like just too much like doing too much um so she really connects her experience and makes you feel empathy and also understood in some ways um and does it in such a clear and concise way so yeah the song is awesome it's it's uh it's great love god i love that pick that's such a good song um backwash didn't speaking yeah speaking of uh again of artists that um I'd love to see live. I'm oh so God, I think me? Backwash is at like the top of my list for yeah. artists that I'm so excited to see whenever live shows come back around. Absolutely. That's going to kick so much ass. Like I I'm yeah. I'm getting a ticket as well, no doubt. Uh, an artist that didn't make my songs list but uh I mean made it very high on my albums list and uh 
God, with just so many good songs on here. And a nice coincidence that you did pick the one song that we are able to put on our playlist. So we're yeah. still at 29 songs for now. Yeah. Um, I could have done the 29 song playlist for a different reason. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, top three. I mean, we're getting there. Uh, yep. My number three, kind of a weird pick, but uh, hear me out. Um, okay. Radiohead. I'm not sure if I like these weird picks, though. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it's it's Radiohead with weird fishes. Um, oh, okay, all right, interesting. <laughs> so, it was so good in 2007. No need to explain <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, 13 years later, it's still a song of the. No, okay, so obviously the correct pick here is uh, Leanne Lahavas's cover of Weird Fishes, um, nice. originally by Radiohead. Uh, this is one of my favorite Radiohead songs, uh, and Radiohead, uh, is a truly formative band in my life and in my, uh, my time as a music, a serious quote unquote music listener. Um, so when I see that someone covered Radiohead, my main thought is like, it's one of excitement for sure. Like, Oh, all right. Awesome. Someone covered Radiohead, but there's always a small part of me that's like, yeah. Oh, don't don't screw this up now! Like, yeah, it's a yeah. really good original. It's hallowed ground. A little bit, and I try not to do that. But there's always that small part of me that's like, okay, let's see what we got. Um, I think one too many uh, white person acoustic rap covers on YouTube kind of like spoiled that for me. Like, so now I have to guard <laughs> myself. Do it. Yeah, so I, I have to kind of guard myself. Um, but I mean, Jesus, what a fantastic cover, uh, a little backstory, a little, uh, pull back the curtain a little bit. We, we tend to keep our opinions to ourselves, uh, until it's time to discuss a song or an album on the podcast. Uh, we knew we were going to talk about the Leanne Lahava self-titled record and we did. Um, so I didn't want to, you know, spoil my opinion on anything. Uh, but in this case, we actually texted each other about how good this cover was <laughs> beforehand. It, it, we were just gushing over it. It's that good. Um, Radiohead is they're a kind of an alternative indie experimental rock electronic band. You know, they they've had so many iterations. It's kind of hard to classify them. But they've never been a neo soul R and B group, and uh, that's the interpretation we get here. Uh, the first half of this cover is smooth and jazzy. Uh, Leon Lahavas she sings calmly but beautifully, as always. Uh, but then the second half of the song takes things up a notch. Uh, she starts belting it out passionately. It sounds amazing and climactic. And, uh, I mean, I could use a sending meme again on this one. Um, her vocals are just, like, fantastic. And the backing vocals, like, take it to new heights. Uh, I prefer Radiohead's first half of Weird Fishes, but I think I actually prefer the uh, the climax on the Leanne Lahavas version, honestly. Um, mm. This is a 2020 song. It was released on a 2020 album, but it's worth noting that she has been covering this song since 2013, uh, which is probably why it sounds so great uh, at this point. So shout out to uh, Leanne Lahavas. That's so great. I'm uh, yeah. yeah. I I figured that you would be uh, using that for your list, and I'm glad that you did. Yeah, I don't I think was, it's cheating. I, I, I think, think it's fair, right, to use a cover. I mean, we normally don't, but um, I, th I think it's, it's fair. It's that ground. good. Yeah, it's it's so distinct and it's uh, it's so different than the Radiohead version. Yeah, that right. Um, yeah, this this uh, that track had me going back this year 
and re-listening to a bunch of Radiohead's old catalog. Hmm. Um, and I haven't done that in like a long time, and it was just such a cool thing to do again. It's been a long time since I've listened to Radiohead, but uh... yeah, it was yeah going back and listening to Hail to the Thief and In Rainbows and Kid A. And it was yeah, it was it was a cool experience, and that, I'm glad that that track exists to to get me back in that space for sure, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. My. My uh, my pick is not a strange pick. It's pretty much probably one of the most obvious picks mm. that uh, if you know my music taste, if you've been paying attention at all to this artist this year, it it would have it, it's pretty obvious that this was going to make my list at some point. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, Phoebe Bridgers. <laughs> yes, I know the end. Yep, yep. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I, I really don't even have to say anything about it because it's just so obviously great. Um, but I will. I'll say something yeah, yeah. about it. I will say real quick, probably of, on both of our lists, maybe the most obvious like song of the year candidate type of song. Um, it's yeah. gotten a lot of buzz and praise, and deservedly so. Yeah. But. And immediately when I heard it too, I was like, right. <laughs> I was like, okay, may as well put this on my list now yeah. because – yeah, it's that good. Um, there's so much just culminating on this track. It builds from basically nothing um, to it, it just starts off with this just really like quiet uh, synthesizer lead in. Like somebody's just basically turning the volume up on a song that's already going. Um, mm. And then Phoebe Bridgers comes in and then it slowly builds up until the end where she's literally screaming her lungs out um, at the end of the track. And uh, that that alone is obviously an amazing feat that she was able to pull that off with it without it sounding uh, disjointed or forced. Um, it, that, that, you know, you know that, I mean, we're both suckers for that kind of thing. It's yeah. so dramatic. It's so cinematic in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and, Phoebe Bridgers also really adds to this cinematic element of this track with her lyricism. The imagery is just so clear of her driving up the California coastline, um, putting in these these images of like American late stage capitalism, um, and basically all of this culminating in this anxiety uh, and. Uh, just like this really nonchalant observation of the imminent apocalypse, um, which is a really, it, it's a very Phoebe Bridgers-esque <laughs> yeah. thing to, to do. And, but she's so good at doing that type of stuff. Um, it's just, I, I'll welcome it every time. So one thing about this track too, is just like, it's obviously an amazing track um, outside of this year, but this year, especially I think that this track um, really culminates a lot of the anxiety and unknowable fear and just like existential dilemmas that people have had to face up to this year. Mm. Um, I think that this song, maybe more so than any of the tracks on even, even the ones that are above this, um, more so than any of the tracks on my list, I think that this one really speaks to the anxiety 
speaks to what people have been going through this year and connects with them on a way that is really emotional at first and then just asks the listener to basically just get it all out by screaming along to to her at the end. Mm. Um, I think that it's such a cathartic and beautiful way to wrap up the album and, you know, to wrap up the track too. So, uh, yeah, it's not my favorite song of the year, but I think it is like such a perfect song for this year. Yeah. That, that's a great way to put it. Um, yeah. Great pick. I mean, as soon as you said, uh, you kind of hinted yeah. at it, I was like, Oh, it's probably that, you know, th- that's how like impactful this song was. It's like, Oh, that's, yeah. that's probably the one. So, uh, yeah, shout out yeah, to... It's uh, funny, too, because Phoebe Virgins is, like, she's been such an obvious pick for artist of the year, album of the year, songs of the year, like, things like that. <laughs> and some, usually when that happens for me, I try, I, I kind of tend to be like, no, there's no way that it's that good. <laughs> and she managed to do it. I mean, she's that good, so... We're actually the first uh, publication to say a good thing about Phoebe Bridgers this year. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Everybody has been hating. Yeah, right. Um, no, awesome pick. L- great song. Probably my favorite on on that record as well. Um, mm. My number two. Uh, it's probably the most obvious song of the year candidate on my list, but in a much different way than I know the end. Um, this is a more casual pick for song of the year. Um, this is, you know, I, this is kind of a take, maybe. Um, it, certainly, okay. it certainly surprised me, and it might surprise you, too. Um, but, you know, I, I love pop music, um, all about it. Like, outside of, like, hip-hop, it's probably my favorite genre. But I, I'm usually all about, like, art pop, Baroque pop chamber pop yeah power pop all these you know pop sub genres let's keep on rolling through the the sub <laughs> how many like i literally just named hyper everything pop. Hyper, uh, hyper pop yep um but yeah I, I you know i like all the cute sub genres of pop more so than anything right. stuff like rena sawayama or perfume genius you know um right. this is a a radio pop so this is a song that everybody listening to this podcast has heard. This is my favorite mega hit song in several years. I am oh, all okay. about this song. Um, Blinding Lights, The Weekend. This song. Yeah. Oh, nice. This song oh, is, that's awesome. This song is so fucking good. It really is. And we talked about After Hours on this podcast earlier this year. Um, and I wasn't a fan of After Hours, uh, The Weeknd's new yeah. album. So I thought I was sort of maybe beaten down by the record by the time it got to Blinding Lights, which is, I think, like yeah. track nine. Um, so I didn't have like a strong opinion on it at the time, but I kept hearing it. Uh, I eventually grew to like absolutely love this song. It's, I mean, geez, it's so catchy. It's, um, I find myself dancing to it all the time. You've been talking about these songs that you can't wait to hear live. I can't wait to like dance to this song oh at a club. Like, yeah, my God, like I listen to this song multiple times in a row. If it like pops up on shuffle, I'm like, all right, run it back. Um, I don't really need to describe this song. Right. I'd kind of be wasting time. Like everyone's heard this, right. Um, yeah. It's a fantastic eighties inspired electro pop song. 
Um, so well done. Uh, the weekend is performing at the Super Bowl halftime show this year, which I think is a, an inspired choice uh, by the NFL or whoever decides Great. that. Yeah, like it, it, uh, an artist that I'm like super excited about. Um, and they've done a pretty good job in recent years. Not to, you know, I'm not saying this is like, oh, they finally got it right. You know, like I, I think they've generally done a good yeah. job. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I am excited for this weekend's performance. I'm excited that my my dad is going to learn who the weekend is. Uh, but that's <laughs> not that's not how you spell yeah. weekend. Yeah, right. It's going to be some of that. Um, so I'm looking forward to the halftime show and this song in particular. It's one of those, like, as you were saying uh, with Phoebe Bridgers, you know, so much acclaim for it, and you kind of want to go against it, but you just can't. Um, yeah. This song is in, like, every commercial and every, like, oh, the sports game is going to break. Let's play Blinding Lights by The Weeknd, and I'm still not tired of it. So uh, shout out to The Weeknd. This song's great. I got to say, too, I absolutely love his commitment to the uh, beat-up aesthetic. <laughs> so <laughs> totally bloody nose and like yeah like that like it's so cool it's really cool yeah he has a, a really cool persona thing going um so yeah i i did not expect it but like at the end of the year i'm like i gotta be honest with myself like blinding yeah, lights is awesome. awesome great song i i agree with you it's such a cool song that's that's awesome yeah my god um okay well i <laughs> you're gonna be a little mad at me i I here's the thing. So I actually thought about this and I know where you're going and I'm like, you know what? There is no right answer to this. Uh for one. Two, it's it's not going to be on our playlist, right? Because it can't be, right? Am I thinking of the right song here? No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Dang. Okay. No, no, no. I I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's not that. It's not okay. Okay. It's not microphones. It's not microphones. Okay, okay. Because I thought we were going to no, have no, to get no. into a what's a song versus an album debate. Um, I but, didn't want to. I didn't want to do that. Okay. What you're going to be mad about is <laughs> okay. that it's not going to be a 29 song playlist. No. What? It's going to be a 28 song playlist. Come on. You blinding lights. No. Okay. Unfortunately. Okay. I kind of wish I would have picked that actually. I'm scrolling through my list. Oh, oh, this it, is interesting if you pick this one. But uh, okay. Yeah. It is Spanish Love yeah. Songs Losers. Okay, nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um yeah, but I went out because it's my number 2 song of the year. So No, that's that you know what? I'm not mad. I like the pick. I thought I was going to have to like sit down and talk about the microphones for the next 20 minutes yeah <laughs> no I, I i honestly did think about it and i was like i can't do that to be so mad at me if i do that i was like it just look um, in the mirror and ask yourself does the microphones make sense for what we're trying to do here yeah exactly <laughs> right. i add an hour onto our playlist with one song <laughs> right yeah uh, yeah but anyway great pick great uh, great number two so go on so spanish love songs losers um yeah, I, I I love this track, and uh, I have to admit, the album, like, this album is, I think, it, it's one of, like, the most interesting albums of the year to me, hmm. because when I first heard it, I absolutely loved it, it was, like, album of the year contender, I was like, oh my god, this is awesome, and then it started falling off for me, hmm. um, not a ton, I did give it a recommendation on a podcast, but it started falling off for me a little bit, like as the year was going on. And then as I was doing my re-listens, like 
a couple months before the end of the year i like came back to this album and came back to this song and i was just like oh my god like this is all that energy came rushing back um all of the catharsis and emotion um just came like rushing back to me and it's just like um i gotta say yeah this this album is also so great I, i'm i'm sold on it. it it clicked for me two different times through the year nice um, and then this song is just like oh my god it's so good it is um it is the most uh energetic and cathartic and uh hardcore tinged song that i can think of in recent years that also makes me want to cry hmm. Um, it, the, the instrumentation on this is so great. So impassioned. Um, I, I love like how dynamic the guitar work is. I love how driving the drums are. Um, the vocal delivery is just so like, yeah, it's so raw and throaty and, uh, energetic and cathartic and emotional. Um, and the lyrics are just God, they're just so hard to listen to at points. Mm. Like, um, I mean, the chorus, oh, literally, like, puts this line of, my bleak mind says it's cheaper just to die, the prick inside my head's laid off and daring me to try. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a harsh and brutally honest representation of, like, these deeply negative, borderline suicidal thoughts. Um, and this just hopeless imagery of, being absolutely broke, feeling worthless, feeling hopeless, um, so vivid, so relatable. Um, I think that this song is just like, it's such a, it's such an energizing hug to like listeners that are having this kind of a uh, hard time or have, you know, can connect with having this kind of hard time being behind on payments, being, broke being depressed just being in a terrible um terrible like emotional and financial state it can be so crushing and like to have a song like this that really just yanks that that listener out of themselves out of their situation connects with them lets them know it's okay lets them know that other people are having these type of feelings um I love it. I, I think it's awesome. I think it's one of the kindest, most empathetic, most energizing songs that I've heard all year. Um, and it's so great to scream along to also. So, um, yeah, shout out to Spanish Love Songs. Awesome pick. And yeah, like definitely fun to scream along to. Oh, but we don't go homeless. <laughs> like, I, I love that. Yeah, it's so It's so good. And it's, yeah. It's such a good song. All right, awesome pick. You know what? Okay, so two repeats. We got two Ghost Teen winners. Uh, this. Two, two, and unless our number one is exactly the same, which I would be absolutely shocked by. It's well, it, I would too, uh, be, because uh, this is a repeat artist. My number one. Um, oh, okay. An artist you probably uh, saw coming at some point. I don't know if you know it's coming to mind, but you look through your list maybe, and you're like, oh, right, Will hasn't talked about that artist yet, and you yeah. know, yeah. Okay. So, we both loved this album. Uh, it, it might be our collective album of the year. I'm not sure. You know, we'll see. Yep. Um, 
But uh, yeah, number one, clipping, and uh, I went with "Say the Name" as as my song. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Great. Yeah, like I mean, Jesus, like a perfect, really a perfect hip hop song, in my opinion. Um, I I knew that "Visions of Bodies Being Burned" would be one of my favorite albums of the year, like when I first heard this song, which is track two, uh, on the record. Um, it's an experimental horrorcore hip hop track. That's a uh. It's, you know, you were talking about on 96 Nev Campbell, it's sort of like horror tropes and horror stories kind of modernized and retold yeah. in a certain way. Uh, 96 Nev Campbell sort of flips the uh, the first girl horror uh, mm-hmm. archetype on its head a little bit. Um, you know, it's sort of like, oh, here's this helpless girl in a horror movie, but yeah, instead... Right. You know, that that song instead is more empowering uh, to the woman than uh, the trope is. And this song is similar in that regard. This is a modern um, anti-racist retelling of the Candyman story. Um, Candyman being a spooky, like, black, you know, symbolizing blackness, I suppose, uh, being who is summoned mm-hmm. by saying his name into a mirror. Um he has a hook for a hand, and uh, there are some definite racial tones to that story. Um, so this song, yeah. Say the Name, flips that. Uh, it, it's a retelling of the story, uh, and the result is really interesting and certainly not a story I've heard on a hip-hop song. But like 96 Nev Campbell, it does a great job of you know, using these horror stories to reshape you know, reframe the discussion and sort of uh, bring them to a more current socio-political light. So, uh, really like the concept on this. And uh, sonically, this is just it's a flawless hip hop song. It's, I, I mean, it, it slaps. If that's your thing, it absolutely slaps. It's experimental. It's catchy. The production is just flawless. Uh, I love how unsettling this song can sound. And the uh, the samples and the small creepy quirks added to the instrumental uh, add a lot of depth and cinematic quality to uh, the song. Uh, the instrumental, which I already love, takes a surprising turn at the end, and it's just like, holy shit! Like, how yeah. is a rap instrumental this good? Um, it, it's it's amazing. Uh, Davi Diggs, uh, his rapping is on point. As always, uh, it has a always, nice, yeah. yeah, always, like just uh, incredible. Uh, it has like a, no- a nice storytelling aspect to uh, his delivery. Um, and uh, it shows that uh, he's one of the best technical rappers probably ever. Uh, I love his delivery on this song. And I love the low-pitched, modulated vocal delivery of the chorus that not only shouts out the name of the album, but is also, of course, a reference to the classic horrorcore hip-hop song by mm. Ghetto Boys, uh, Mind Playing Tricks on Me. Um, I really can't say enough good things about this song. Just go listen to it if you haven't. Uh, it's incredible. So, uh, yeah, shout-out to Clipping. Spectacular pick. That's awesome. Yeah, such a good song. And, I, and I've seen uh, some love for it. Like, I... I saw like a reddit comment or whatever that also had it as its number one and uh you know this album and song are getting uh some love even though uh you know pitchfork's kind of behind on this but um well what else is new (laughs) that's right (laughs) so it's it's a classic they they really picked a uh they really picked a great 
artists to just uh, decide to be like every single time on. they're like never good. clipping has such a rabid fan base too so it's incredible like the metacritic is down for like a lot of their albums just because of pitchfork so i mean yeah, they're entitled incredible. to their opinion but i mean i i don't get it so anyway yeah you're number right. you're number one how much time do i have by the way uh 10 minutes but do you really okay. need that much time to talk about wap <laughs> well i no. i gotta talk i i need that much time to talk about the ben shapiro cover of it oh christ is that a thing you know what <laughs> moving on from that i don't even want to think about it no, what's, no, no, what's your number one <laughs> it's just him reading lyrics and it's it's his it's his career we're moving on we don't i don't want to talk <laughs> i don't want to talk about it i i, I don't right, want we're moving on we're moving on sorry <laughs> this one is uh i'm calling this track the BuzzFeed pick of number one may surprise you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love it. Which I don't know if that gives any indication of what this could be. I have no clue. It might surprise me. Well, it, it very well might. It might not, but <laughs> I did not. Yeah, I did not expect this track to, well, not just this track. I didn't expect this album to be as awesome as it is and to be repeating it and like really just feeling it innately this whole year as deeply as I did. Um, Cause it's usually more of your wheelhouse hmm. um, when it comes to taste. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I'll just go ahead and say it. It's Jesse Ware. Oh, nice. Spot- yeah. Spotlight. Yeah. Wow. This is Spotlight. Best picture winner in two- Yeah. <laughs> My, Michael Keaton with a great feature on this. Yeah. No. You, you worried about microphones in 2020. How about a two hour feature <laughs> film? No, this is an awesome pick. I'm all about it. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the opening track to her album this year. Um, and this is another album where I could have and choose but this one is just amazing it's an amazing it's an amazing opening track it's a perfect pop song mm. i think yeah um and but like i said usually you're the one that is like <laughs> more pop friendly and more um given the pop recommendations mm-hmm. i think sometimes there is a poppier track that is so good that hit when it hits me, I'm just like, I'm taken out of myself. It's just like it, it's like something that I'm like, how was I missing this this whole time? It's like that kind of feeling, um, and I can't I can't ignore it because this track is a great example of it. It's so catchy, it's so beautiful. The production on it is absolutely amazing. Um, it's so layered, but also meticulously structured. And the vocal delivery is just, we've, we've said ascending meme uh, yeah, yeah. like three different times on this, <laughs> on this podcast already. This is like ascending into galaxy brain meme. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that makes sense, but I love it. <laughs> we're, we're combining those two, <laughs> those two teams together. That's how good it is. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so I just, the, from the opening of this track, it just, it really grabs you in. Um, Jesse Ware kind of starts this off as more of like a really crooning, 
uh, just very lavish theatrical kind of like music theater like element to it almost um and then all of a sudden like the drums kick in and the ah uh, kicks in and like it breaks into like full pop disco mode um and has this super infectious bass line that just gives me chills every single time i hear it um and jesse Ware's voice just is so effortless just drifts along um and the mixing on this is just absolutely unbelievable. Every single, like every single pull of the string is heard clearly. Every single like backing vocal from Jesse Ware that's interpolated is done in such a supportive and amazing way. Um, the strings on this are just so meticulous and like understated in a way. They like they only really provide support when it's absolutely needed but when you listen closely to it they're doing so much like it's do mm. they're doing so much work they're providing like all these really intense swells and flourishes um and then the baseline on this is just a constant like just groove and it's driving forward this track um yeah this song like legitimately just takes me out of myself and it gives me such a uh, it gives me such a boost of energy, and it, I feel so happy like every time I listen to this track, um, which is generally what I do. I do not go to music in general for that. Honestly, <laughs> I do get a lot of happiness out of listening to music, but uh, in general, I feel like I go to be like, all right, let's let's get sad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, this song, I, and I'm, it, it was like kind of the perfect, perfect year for me to find a perfect pop song to just be blasting over and over again, because, um, you know, in a, in a, in, in as horrible of a year as, as this has been for everybody, um, this one was like the perfect bright spot in my year. And I had, you know, already so many good memories associated with it. Um, and I think being as like understated as it is, it can definitely be played in the club and I can see people just really like, dancing and vibing along to it. Mm -hmm. But it does have this uh, kind of introverted feel to it as well. Um, so it works as well as it, like as kind of a, a uh, solo kind of bedroom, <laughs> uh, bedroom dance track <laughs> in a way as it does, uh, as I can imagine it does in a live setting or in the club or, or wherever you're at. So yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Add bedroom pop to, uh, the list of pop subgenres that, uh, that I'm into, uh, that I forgot that one. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, great, great pick. Awesome pick. Um, I remember you saying like throughout the year, like, Oh, this is a song of the year. And, and for whatever reason, I totally forgot that, like, you know, you, you loved the song as much as you did. So this isn't. I feel like I've been. I feel like I've been trying to be like, hey, just so you know, this is probably going to be my song of the year. Yeah, right. Like the entire time, it's you just been dangling it in front of me, and I was still pretty surprised. <laughs> um, but uh, no, great, great pick. Uh, so yeah, that wraps it up, and we've got to wrap up. Uh, those are our top ten songs of 2020. Look forward to uh, the playlist um, that will be on the at Will Brost Twitter feed. Uh, that's B-R-O-S-T. Um, uh, please go listen to our Scopey Awards podcast if you haven't. And if you're looking for more year-end coverage, uh, 
once again, at Will Brost, at Patrick Anderson, with a U, um, we're breaking down our top 50 albums of the year on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, until then, see you all in 2021, and have a good day. All right.